You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to Saturday, and here I am in my favorite spot at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. The cave that I broadcast from, I have to keep in some dark, cold place so that nobody knows I'm here. Anyhow, folks, we're getting closer to the end of a chapter that is ugly, but the interesting thing, if I had to look for metaphors or similes or whatever you want to call them, or just occurrences, we are in the midst of getting rid of one of the vilest infections that this country has ever had in the White House. Uh, I personally am sorry that uh, they didn't figure out how to get rid of him earlier and that so many people were mesmerized. At some point, we'll talk about it. There's been, throughout history, there's been this understanding of the Peter Pan. Uh, and I use Peter Pan because most people have heard of him through the stories. But there was the Pied Piper was another one. There's that person who would draw people along and they'd follow him. Uh, and usually, you could couple that, because when I had a Peter Pan, this character that was light and playful and leading people around for good or bad, because the characters go throughout history, as I say, they were often the lost boys. They didn't mean just boys, they meant the lost children. So you had these people, and believe, if you read through history, you'll find that way before they had orphanages and everything else of that nature, you had children who were born and uh, lost or left somewhere or deserted. So you always had children wandering around cities or towns who didn't belong to anybody except themselves in most cases. So... As I've said to people sometimes, every study I've read is adversity usually brings out the spirit of accomplishment in humans. But it's either accomplishment or giving up. So what we're dealing with is, when I say lost boys, grown-ups, just because they're older or bigger doesn't mean that they've grown up or matured. They're still looking for a leader. Uh, you can go back to Jim Jones and the people who followed him all over till it was to Guyana and then to take the Kool-Aid. People who are just looking for someone to believe in. The sad part I think of 
is as a human, the most enriching thing you could do, and it's going to sound selfish, but it isn't when you listen to me, is to believe in yourself. You're here, you're taking up space, you're eating food, you're running into people. You always hear about be the best you can be. You don't have to be the best, but you can be good. You can be useful. You can be friendly. As a human, we interact with lots of people. And the way we interact with them makes a big difference to us as well as to them. If I'm nice and say good morning to people I don't even know, just nod or whatever when I'm passing them, uh, it'll start their day off a little better. They'll feel someone at least is recognizing them. We're not all just going around avoiding one another. And the truth is we can't avoid one another. The reason we need infrastructure, when I say infrastructure, sewage systems, plumbing, and the rest of it, not just in a big town but even a little town, is because if you go back in history, as towns grew and they didn't have sewage, Rome, I like to point to, it was a big city. They built the streets on slopes purposely so water could run through them. They used the natural run of water to clean the streets. They had little swales at the end sometimes, but people would use the equivalent of a pot to defecate or urinate and then throw it out a window because the streets were made with cobblestone, so... When the rain did things, it could disintegrate and kind of go into the ground. But if you're walking around, you might want to wear a helmet because <laughs> you'd get stuff flung out a window without people looking. Anyhow, we're getting to the end, and it's going to be ugly. But more ugly is if you've ever had and forget about what you see in a movie, but if you've ever had people over to your house and you were a kid and you had a pillow fight or a, a rough party or people were fighting, and then you wake up the next morning and you see the whole place looks like a real mess. That's being kind. So I always like to amuse myself when I think of words, the root of the word, how it is, what it does. Uh, you may have heard me once or twice, uh, but one of my favorite words for the days of the week is in German. Uh, the days of the week were generally named in every language for Sunday, the sun, the moon, whatever. But in German, I think they have the best word for Wednesday. In German, and my German is not perfect at all with pronunciation, the word for Wednesday in German is Mittwoch. Combination word that means the middle of the week. It's the fulcrum. If you're on a seesaw, you got the two ends. That's what Wednesday is. It's the hiatus. You're on the downside after you pass it for the rest of the week. So another word, another word as harsh and Germanic is a very harsh language with guttural sounds to it, like a lot of the base language is going back. And one of the words that I enjoy, because it's kind of soft and pleasing, is bitter. It sounds like bitter in English, but it's bitter meaning please. It's a nice, polite way of saying, could you move, get out of the way, whatever. So what inspired me for the title for today 
and I have bitter as my title, phonetically, B-I-T-R. Bump in the road. I would like to think that eventually we will look at Donald as a big bump in the road. And as I've also said to people, without bad, you don't always recognize good. And then, as far as I'm concerned, this man is going to make people think about a lot of things. And he has a lot of people. As Biden is saying, he's going to be the president of all of America. You can say it, but you'll see him do it. Donald made it clear that he was working from one party, hating the other. But if you listen to him, he would piss on the Republicans as well as the Democrats, whoever he had to. But Donald pissed on things for distraction. So bump in the road. One of the earliest things he said when he got in the White House, because he has to set something to say, I'm going to make it better, or I'm better than other people, because he does personally feel inferior. There's no doubt in my mind about that. You know, at this point, he laughs that he's been able to con the world, but he does feel inferior, definitely. And I'm not feeling sorry for him, believe me. I feel sorry for all of us who have to live through his nonsense. So the subtitle on the bitter is, They Left Me a Mess. He said that at the beginning. He came into a White House where Obama and Biden had to fix an absolute crash, a falling off a cliff economy at the end of the Bush Jr. administration. They got it working right, they got it working smoothly, and there were many facets to it. And they had to work with Mitch McConnell, who as far as I'm concerned, he should just look at himself in the mirror and say, why don't I retire? I've proven to people how nasty and smart I can be. And obviously, they may not all appreciate it anymore. Mitch, in these waning days, even when he had some of the Congress there, he tried to shove more judges into our system that would be there for life. There was one young lady who looks like she just got out of law school and maybe she had a degree, the ink was still wet. And he's shoving her into what would be a lifetime appointment. The good thing I can tell you is, life, unless you're really protected in a storm shelter somewhere, will teach you what life is all about somewhere along the way. No matter how much money you do or don't have, no matter where you live or how you live, Things will happen to all of us that we hope will teach us. Whether they're good or bad, we learn from them. And we often grow what would be our true spirit after a while. Some people just float around lost forever. It's what life does to us sometimes, but we don't have to. We don't have to dedicate ourselves to going in and helping everybody, but we have to be helpful because we're all part of humanity with almost 8 billion people on this planet. We all affect one another. So now we see where on these charts that you'll see on the news that every state is having increases. North and South Dakota were never left out 
we used to joke when uh, I was a kid in New York City that North and South Dakota is all the closet space that's missing from New York. Because we had a lot of people, so we used to make fun of a place where they had very few people. But a virus is a virus. Forget about not worrying about borders or anything else. It was going to, there was no doubt in my mind, especially when we were not doing anything to control it. We know who didn't do that. It was going to permeate. It would go from the East Coast and the West Coast because of planes and shipping and everything else, but it would start to close in on the whole country. And that's what it did, and that's where we are now. I kind of beg everybody because from the beginning, I realized when I didn't know enough about the virus, but I understand what it is and how it spreads, I told anybody I ran into, I said, the only thing that we have for sure that can protect us right now, till they come up with a, mac a vaccine or not, and look, I've been around long enough to know you don't always succeed in finding a vaccine. You may find treatments. You may prolong the agony that people go through. You may keep them alive. The quality of life will depend upon how they're hurting, how seriously this virus affects them. So what I always knew was putting a mask on. And you know, like I said, whether it's words or something else, I try to amuse myself from not getting to a really dark place which humans can go by letting everything take over me and say, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to suffer this? It's part of our learning about life and what matters and what doesn't matter. So the mask, to me, made sense really from the beginning and I told everybody why, for myself or anybody I come into contact with. So now you find places where they wouldn't wear the mask and they were against the mask. Let's remember, Donald Trump basically at the beginning, forget what we know he knew. At the beginning he was saying, oh, one person, 15 people, it's gonna be zero soon, it's gonna disappear, the weather will get warmer and it'll be fine. If you think back to that statement, the weather will get warmer, it meant someone who understood how these type of viruses work said when the weather is cooler and people are inside, it's going to be worse. So he hid a lot from the public. And he basically made it that it was a hoax, wasn't real. Uh, we don't have to worry about it. So when he went to Walter Reed, the hospital that takes care of the president, and I've been there, it's one of the best equipped on the planet. I don't even know half the stuff they have there. They have sub-departments that are better than other hospitals' main departments. So the man who paid nothing to the government who allowed him to get away with what kind of life he's lived, he took advantage of that. I hope I don't end up seeing his son, Don Jr., there. Let's see if as a father he bothers to spend money on a good doctor. And if he gets treated at Walter Reed, I want to know why. Anyhow, disease can hit anybody. And in this case, because of them all trying to act macho or big or go along with this line, if it was a hoax, what did he run to the hospital for? 
What did he talk about how he beat a disease? What disease? It's a hoax. He had nothing to beat. So one of the things he said at the beginning is, they left me a mess. They left them. It was almost down to a 4% unemployment rate when Obama and Biden left the White House. And as I've told anybody who listens to me, a 4% rate is basically full employment. Because like any team, you need some reserve people on the bench. So if your people get tired, you can put somebody else in. He killed all of that because he understands enough about numbers that if he stopped the immigration, the normal flow that helps this country grow and makes us as strong and diverse as we are, because we've grown from people from all over this world. So by stopping that, Everybody could find jobs and, you know, keep working in his brain, and the rate went down. Being uneducated, really, about what economics really mean, he didn't care. He just wanted to point the numbers. Stock market, as I knew as a kid, I used to tell my parents, I said, I thought gambling was illegal. Back in those days, it was. I said, so what is this junk with the stock market? where people put things on, they hope it goes up, and it's a lot of it is conjecture. Oh, let me not. Lisa, good morning to you. Great to see you again. Melly, good morning to you. I don't know if it's Mel or Melly with the E. It depends on how you pronounce it. Paul Garcia, good morning also. And Lisa, of course, Sarniak, in case I, I, I don't forget your last name. Uh, sometimes I just refer to it when I've read it so many times that I'll just call you Lisa. But uh, we love all of you. We love that you listen. We love that you comment. We love that you give us your input. Uh, I have stuff when I get past all of this nonsense we're on that I did promise I would read to catch up on my science because someone invited me to participate with them. But I didn't want to participate with a group of people who are really into their science of the universe uh, and sound like a dummy when I'm sitting there and say, no, I don't know what that is or something. So I have interesting things that you people have brought me, and I really appreciate it. I always like learning. So we end up with a guy saying they left me a mess. And what he did was, this was the beginning. Donald does distraction on a grand scale. And when you're running the country, it has to be grand. Because all Donald does, which he learned from his father, go back, look up the New York Times, uh, where they spent a year analyzing his father's business operation. His father didn't do bankruptcy, but his father used expenses to build it up, build up income, but shuffle it around so he paid no tax on it. Donald learned that you could, you know, he keeps it simple, learned that you could take expense and how you use expense, you could put money in your pocket. And I've described it before, but that's what he did. And right now, let me just say that whatever he does, recounts or anything else, even if he knows that he can't find enough votes to turn this around, he wants to still keep people with this hoax and this, uh, uh, they're all against me and the rest of it. 
People, he's going to abandon you like everyone else in his life. Because the only one who he's worried about is himself. And if you know his history, he didn't care about his kids till they got a little older. And he just didn't want them out there maybe embarrassing him. So Donald keeps us all distracted while he keeps grabbing our money. The man who put nothing into our treasury has been using it as his cookie jar, as I've explained in a podcast months back that I just did it about the cookie jar and explained what he does. I did make it through to one of my uh, representatives from where I live who's been reelected, and I basically wanted to plead with them because they say, oh, the Justice Department and this and that. I said, no, 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 no. If you sell insurance and you sell somebody a life insurance or an annuity, it's a great thing when you understand it because you could do something good for the person, but as they pay their premiums annually or add to it or renew it, you automatically, because they were your customer, you get a piece of that action. So it's like the half-life of an atom. It's constantly giving off something that you benefit from even though you're adding new clients. So insurance is an interesting business from a, uh, an income standpoint for anybody who likes people and wants to understand it and get into it and help folks. So Donald has put so many things in place in this government, especially with that shadow board that he stuck on the VA, that they've changed so many contracts and stuff that even when he leaves office, they're going to see that the VA has a budget. Oh, yeah, they're buying their stuff and whatever. But he's already infused his companies in the overall plan of how they buy and purchase things. So even when he leaves office, he has built this foundation to keep paying him residuals. So I reached out, and I, I basically begged with someone who works uh, in the office of a representative in Congress, and I hope they follow through with me. I said, I will give you chapter and verse. I will explain it to you in detail so you can find it. Because I don't want him out of office and we're still funding him. Because that's really what he did while he was in office. There are two hospitals in Florida already, and I'm not against hospitals getting, you know, we've got these vaccines that are now coming down the pike. Uh, two of them show great promise. But as all the learned doctors have said, yeah, it's nice to have a vaccine, but you need to distribute it and put it in someone's arm. Otherwise, it might, might as well be sitting on a moon. I've already found out that there are at least two hospitals in Florida, one in Miami, one in the city of Hollywood, which is in that West Palm area where uh, Mar-a-Lago is and a lot of his friends and members are, is already slated to beef up their facility for refrigeration because one of them has to be kept quite cold to not go bad. Uh, and they are already expecting, I, I can imagine who told them they'd be getting it, shipments of the vaccine in December. Now, here we are trying to put together a priority, and let's go back to understanding it. I spoke many months ago 
about PTSD, battle fatigue. We have at this point every doctor and nurse they can find. They're bringing retired ones back because the COVID is spreading so much because of the lack of leadership from our federal government. And let's also remember, Donald Trump said, you're going to be tired of it. We're going to give you all the supplies you need. We're going to manufacture their mask, this, that. Folks, again, he had Jared and his people working on this. What they did was they used companies. They bought it. I will guarantee they got a commission on every mask they sent us. But they didn't send us enough. They didn't follow up. They just said, oh, we shipped a million here. We this. It doesn't matter how many. We still, if you listen to the different news reports on the different channels, don't listen to the same one. Look around. I like listening to different things and getting different angles. You'll find out that we've got nurses and doctors who are reusing things. Now that, in a country like ours, is a shame. But the reason for that is Donald knows that if he's got a pile of money that he's accessing, the less he gives out to other people, the more he keeps for putting in his own pocket. So we are facing a lot of things. And Biden, the good thing is he's been around government long enough. He knows how it works and where the doors and windows are. The people he's bringing in know government. Uh, Ron Klain, I think if I remember his name right, uh, ran the Ebola virus reaction. So. Oh, let me see. The transfer of power is not required for him to do so. Tradition dictates it, but we know he cares for nothing about tradition. Well, yeah, but the difference is a man like him depends on the rest of us going by the rules because we don't fathom people stealing the foundation of our building even if it's going to collapse. So please, you got to recognize Biden is a man who has principles. But, you know, I have principles too. But if somebody attacks me, you could bet I will kill them. Period. Carol Hillard Ederer. I hope I got your name right. From the angle, my bifocals sometimes throw my uh, vision off. Please tell me he will go away at some point. His people seem very quiet. Is it the calm before the storm? Trump will never go away. He's always been a presence. I'm from New York City. I'm a few years older than him. I knew who and what he was because of my following all the news in New York and the nation when I was younger. So I knew what we were about to get. And when he goes away, as I said probably a year ago, I said the man, even if only 10 million of these people who are enthralled with him and think he's doing something for them rather than milking them. All he has to do is go out and start a network. Fox, he's pissing on them because if he, he can open up a simple network, just like I sit here and talk, and he can tell you, get a couple of technicians, a nice little studio, nice golden chair if he needs one, and just say uh, it's going to cost $10 a month to join this, and I will report on you, to you, every week or every day. You know, he loves being in the limelight anyway. And he'll only, he only has to charge $10 a month to people who are fanatical enough to listen to him as they drown. 
And that, when you multiply it, okay, 10 times 10 million is 100 million times 12 months, okay? You're talking about a billion two hundred thousand dollars. The man can make tons of money and not have to even cheat. The only thing he'll worry about is reporting it. He'll have to come up with expenses that are not real, so he doesn't have to pay any taxes. That means giving up some of his hard-earned money for the country that gave him the freedom and security to act the way he does. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. He won't go away quietly. He can't. He's needy. Not needy enough to be good to us, but needy enough to have his face out there. They are on, okay, Parler and other social mediums. Okay, is Parler a social medium? I guess I don't know it. Uh, again, that's a takeoff on the word Parler, which is a place we used to go in our home to get together and sit around and talk uh, like a family room. They had the Million MAGA March that only 30,000 approximately showed up. The official count that I heard was 11,000 to 12,000. But even if it was 50,000, he had to have a million MAGA march because they have the, had the Million Man March from one of the black organizations years ago. So if they could do it, he could do it. And he's going to tell you his was bigger and better. Any man that you go out with who has to tell you his is bigger and better, I hate to tell you, leave him. You may think so, but if he has to say it, he's got a problem. He can't feel comfortable with a proper relationship. Just bigger and better don't always mean you're going to enjoy it more. Anyway, Mel MB again. Let's identify each company and provide lists to Biden and Harris boycotting each. At the beginning, what I'm saying to you is we have an infrastructure that's been built over years. Things have to get made and transported. When you talk about economics, you're talking about the process of life and living and everything else. What I'm saying is he has infused in, if you think about a watch with all the little gears or a big clock, when you see pictures of the inside that make it work, he's stuck another little gear in there that you don't need. But that little gear gets part of the energy of the system working. That's a company that is, must be used to purchase what they're going to use to build or eat or whatever. So it isn't necessarily the company. We need the companies we have. We can straighten them out. We can hold them to better responsibility. It's just like in energy. I've worked with massive energy companies. I can tell you, unless we want to go back to the cave days, we can't just suddenly shut down all the fossil fuel plants and hope we can stick enough windmills out there or solar farms so that we don't need them. No, we have constantly growing population on this planet. Constant need for more energy, especially when we go to more electric cars, okay? And gadgets we like to use in our household. They're making them more energy efficient, but they still take a lot of juice. And to heat your house, if it's not gonna be coal or wood, and if you burn wood, you've got other pollutants that you're breathing in if it's inside, 
I, I mean, I can go on with this all day, but the bottom line is we can't just shut all these plants off. I have an answer. I'm trying to get to Lockheed Martin because I believe they've got the right footprint and the right people with the intelligence to understand what I'm going to offer. But if I'm right, I have a way to make those plants till we can replace them without starving our energy needs. And what I feel I've come up with as an answer to our energy needs will mean that anything, what they call, you've got to burn or use something to power a plant to make electricity. They generally refer to it as the feedstock. So whether it's coal or oil or water or wind, that's the raw material that's causing your generator to move and make energy. I believe I've solved the problem which will take and give you more energy from whatever your feedstock is. And by doing so, I cut down on the pollution per kilowatt. So I tasked myself with figuring out an answer, and I believe I've come up with an answer. So we can't just put a list of companies and say they participated. When it comes down to it, companies try and exist. Their stockholders are going to yell at them if they're not making money. We've gotten too dependent upon things working a certain way. We can't just get holier than thou and say, we're not going to buy this, we're not going to buy that. If the company is egregious and they're really being nasty to people, boycott them. I don't have a problem. But in general, we need the infrastructure of society and shipping and producing that sustains us so we live okay. What we have to do is clean it up. It's like if you have an old car and you like it. It runs well, you're comfortable in it. And you said, you know what, but I know it's very dirty. Let me clean it up because dirty means more. If you've got dirt on the outside, uh, you're restricting the airflow over it. You're slowing down how easily it goes through the air. Science. So if you clean the outside of your car, it slips through the air easier. Your mileage is better. So what we have to do is clean up how we approach things and how we use it. It isn't that we can't do things right. It isn't that we're not going to kill some animals because we have to eat. There's got to be a balance. This is what life is about. This is what all the teachings from the ancient times to now teaches us. We shouldn't use things where we just create waste instead of reusing it or putting it into the system and regenerating what else we need. So we have to grow. We're getting smarter. We can talk to each other. We can learn more. We've got the world in a phone. You can look up almost anything. We have to stimulate. We have to use the assets that we have. As I said, the most strategic asset any country has, if you want to talk about stockpiling so you've got what you need, are young minds. They are our future. And we don't know what they're going to produce, but we know if we teach them right and feed them right and make them work with each other interactively, they're not going to say, well, I need to rob you because I don't have dinner, or I need to do this because I need my drugs, whatever it is. I'm not trying to be a soft philosopher. I believe in life, but life can get harsh. We had to survive through animals that recognized us as food. 
And we had to use our brains to come up with weapons to kill those animals so they didn't kill us and eat us. God created this planet. Science created it. Whatever way you want to look at it. It's an interactive system that if we learn it more and understand it better, and that's why we've been able to produce these new vaccines, because we have people who are smarter and have better devices, and when they're working with one another instead of competing, we can produce better. So we have to take a different approach to life so that we can all enjoy it. And I hate to say it, if we do it right, It'll get to a point where if some country, no matter how big or strong, if they say, well, we're going to take you over. Think about it. If China would invade the US, they can, they can invade us by just getting plane loads of people and dropping them off in our country. And if they took half their population and sent it here, they'd still have more population than we have. But their half that they sent here would outnumber all of us. What are we going to do? Shoot them all? <laughs> we have to understand that we don't have to kill each other or waste money on systems because the money that we spend on weapon systems is wasted because we could spend it on research and settling the planets so that we can go there, get materials, put colonies because at some point, we're going to have more than enough people on this planet. I'm a big fan of science fiction. I always knew that if you get to the point where there are so many people on the planet that you can't feed them, what are you going to do? There's a movie if going way back called Soylent Green. If you find it out there, because I know, I think it's out there like all old movies, read it, and then you'll understand what I'm talking about. Lisa, our roads and bridges are crumbling nationwide. There are so many toll roads that are owned by foreign countries. Get wise, Americans. Yeah, we put tolls on to fund these things, and we paid, and we did it. It's our money, no matter how you look at it. Came out of our pockets. And yeah, there are companies that have bought some of the toll roads because they have it, because they know they can get a good return on their money, because we use the roads. They, because they've made it a business, are more interested in keeping it in good condition than we are, where we use it to fund and get some more money that we didn't use to always repair it, depending on who was in charge. So let me say this. Will he ever go to jail? I found this image, and I saw that one. Uh, it's a cute image. It is supposedly from the 1918s or so during the Spanish flu. And I think the sign on the lady was quite apropos. You know, uh, I can't read it from here, but again, it gets the point across. Oh, yeah, wear a mask uh, or go to jail. Because what they were saying was back then, they understood that you were killing people. They only had one uniform voice, not somebody saying this is a hoax, you're not going to die from it. Trump has done a good job of putting us against each other while he robs all of us. His people should understand it. And, you know, I'm not saying that we can't follow the wrong leader sometimes, but get with it when it comes out what he's done. Does he go to jail? I don't care if he's in jail or not. If he went to jail, 
wouldn't bother me. Uh, we wouldn't see him riding around freely because otherwise he'd try and act like he's big and rich anyway. Jail? Yeah, he deserves jail for a lot of the things he's done. In effect, I've been telling people there's a concept in the law. I've worked with many lawyers all over the planet. As I said, at one point I was going to go to law school, didn't have the time to do it. There's a concept called depraved indifference. Depraved indifference. The concept basically says that you've done things without caring who's going to die. Trump's picture should be next to this in the dictionary. Mitch McConnell should be next to it in the dictionary. I don't know where all these brilliant lawyers who are trying to impeach him and do this and that bring the goddamn suit against him. You can only kill a murderer once. They can kill 100 people. You can only kill them once. We generally like to believe that we're kind-hearted and we don't have capital punishment broadly throughout the country anymore. Part of it was because people realized we sometimes made a mistake of arresting the wrong person. But if you've got dead proof that this man has done it, I don't need to pay to feed his ass for the rest of his life. I have no problem. And you know what? I personally, I'll push him off the biggest building I can find. I wouldn't even waste a piece of rope on him. I'm sorry. And I'll personally clean the mess up when he hits the sidewalk. So in Florida, there are two hospitals, one in Miami, one in Hollywood, who are expecting to get shipments of these vaccines already, and they're planning for it. How did they know that? Are they members of Mar-a-Lago, some of their board? I don't hear that there's a plan out there. So Trump, again, sells access to things. That's what he does. And they've assured themselves that these groups will get it first. I'm not saying those hospitals don't serve regular people. And I'm not going to repeat the names of the hospitals. That's not important. Uh, again, wherever he has people who've cooperated with him, he may have already told them. <coughs> that he'll make sure they get the first shipments. That's another reason he doesn't want Joe Biden in there, because if they are putting a plan together, maybe a plan that says, who's donated more? Let's ship them first. The man is all about money in his pocket, period. There is nothing else. Mnuchin, his Treasury Secretary, who even if he's got half the brains he supposedly has, from the first stimulus bill, there was money that was put over into certain Fed accounts to help the people. They're investigating some of those loans that companies got. Because a lot of these loans, they're talking about worrying about giving an average person another $600 a month for another six months or 12 months or whatever we need, right? First of all, Ronald Reagan, the man they revere as a president, he made unemployment insurance taxable. If you buy insurance and you pay the premiums when you get paid, that is not taxable. Yet we pay for unemployment insurance. When I say we, I mean we the people. Through the products we buy, the services we buy, the companies we support by buying things. 
We've paid for it. That's why it's called unemployment insurance. When we get it, why should we have to pay tax on it? It came out of our pockets. And believe me, it didn't grow in our pockets. We had to earn it. So there are concepts that we need to change. So if you're getting a lousy 600 a week, yet the billions that they lent under that first stimulus to companies are going to be forgiven if they say they spent it the right way. Excuse me? We have a lot of auditing that's going to be going on. But you know what? We have a country to run and straighten out. Biden wants to get it running right. He wants to get this virus under control. That is a big job. He's up to it. The people he's got are up to it. We are up to it. We just had no one who chose to lead. Trump having all those governors going out trying to bid against one another against products, then he'd have Jared go in there and buy it with our dollars, put it in our supplies, and when they find out that when we sold the supplies, we had a consulting company that got a fee for making sure it was transported to where we said. We didn't need them, but that's how they made money also. I'm telling you, there are so many ways if you want to be crooked and get a piece of the action. He knows them all. He invents new ones. There's $455 billion, I think, is the number that Mnuchin is looking to pull back into the U.S. Treasury that's in the U.S. government. But he says, well, they're not spending it. If he gets it back, that's more cookies in the cookie jar for Donald to spend. And Mnuchin's probably getting his little piece while he's at it. The ACA, the Affordable Care Act, forget this Obamacare crap. Obama made it happen, yes. But it's called the Affordable Care Act. There are, and I didn't know the number. I knew there were people who got it. There are almost one and three quarter million veterans, just under two million veterans, who are under the Affordable Care Act. Get rid of the Affordable Care Act? There's another almost two million veterans who serve their country who have no coverage. Okay? They've come up, there's a home test that I saw recently that are coming up from one of the companies. Oh, El Crisano, would you kindly contemplate the idea of adding a no vote to the ballot to break up the two-party system to give us more than a lesser of two evil options? Let me say this to you or anybody. It doesn't matter if we only have two people running. If we all interactively work with our government, because I've seen people who come out only for presidential elections and only vote for the president, figure the rest don't count. He's going to take care of it. That was the problem when Obama got elected. They didn't worry about the down ballot. So you had Mitch McConnell, after a couple of years, running the Senate, telling him, well, I'm not going to approve this. I'm not going to pass that law. We need to remember that where the rubber hits the road in our localities, in our states, in our cities, we send to Washington, because we already have them at the state level. We send to Washington representatives. We send to Washington senators. The representatives is the biggest group who put together the budget and stuff. We have to look at what they've done. We have to get out every year and make sure they know that if they're not doing the job they said when they were 
running for the office and said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then you find out they didn't. They didn't do something that was for the good of the country and the group they're representing. We vote them out. Every two years we can get rid of them because the House of Representatives is every two years. It isn't the two-party system that's the problem. It's us. We will elect the president and not fill out the rest of the ballot sometimes. We've got to hold these people. We now can investigate their backgrounds, what they are. Do they have an interest in where they're making us put our money? Okay? Serving the country, to me, is not just a responsibility or an obligation. To me, it's an honor. It means I'm helping the country that gave me life and allows me to travel and live and be free and start a business and I don't have to be from a certain family. You know, forgetting all the little background shit that we have to deal with. We have a government that gives us the life we can pick. So, and Lisa, and if we start getting off on tangents on these little things now, we got a lot to fix. And Trump is doing so many things to mess it up because he said he inherited a mess. He's projecting again. He's going to give a mess, including our weapon systems and other stuff and troops he's withdrawing. It's just to keep everybody looking the other way while he's burning papers and taking files out of our system. So when we get in there, we have less to point to and say, oh, look what he did. You're going to find there's a lot of records missing when they get in there. Lisa, Kanye West received $4 million for his record company, Yeezy, during the one and only stimulus payout. Yeah, I can tell you whether it's $1 million, $100, billion, it doesn't matter. We must, because we have departments within our government under the GAO, the General Accounting Organization, the rest, who can go in and do this. We could use the IRS. We could use a special task force just to clean this up. This is not new, folks. It's just that we're now living in an era where we hear more about it. During World War I and World War II, there was something called the War Profits Act, where we went back and we found out that some people, while they were helping us build the stuff we needed to defeat the enemy, they overcharged us for what they did. They figured, who's looking? You know, they're in a hurry. They want that battleship? Fine. Charge them double. I don't mind anybody making a profit. But when you're taking more money out of our mouths that you don't need, I do mind that. And I'm not saying this is socialism where we'll only allow you to earn 2 or 3%. No. But I'm talking about people who really gouged during wars, and we had, after the war, some cleanup acts to go after it, take it back, and do whatever. We've had criminals that we couldn't put in jail because what they put in place, we needed them to run it. So we gave them a little room to live in, a guard to watch them, and a car that was miniature, no chauffeur to drive themselves around. Were they free? No, but at least they knew where everything was that they screwed up. And if they weren't doing the job, then we throw them in jail. Jail is not just being put in a room in a place where they call a prison. It's making you make restitution for what you did wrong. You know, where they do community service. 
put Donald Trump in an orange jumpsuit so he'll look orange from head to toe and make him sweep up the dirt on the streets. That's community service. El Cristiano, I hope I'm saying it right. And actually, if my Spanish is half decent, that would mean the Christian, so it's a cool name. Uh, voter apathy is a huge issue. Voting alone cannot fix this. Don't you agree? No. It's our country. We elect a man to be the CEO. We call him a president. But if you don't give him the tools to work with, like the committees that a CEO and a company needs, because a CEO can't run a 300 million people company by himself. He needs the cabinet. He needs the people below the cabinet. If he's smart, he gets the right people. They make decisions. Read about Eisenhower. He understood how to run a big organization. He, that's why I said he's one of my favorite presidents. He understood. He knew he had to make the decision, and he knew how it affected people, but he knew he needed people with expertise. The world gets more complicated. There's more science and technology. So I don't agree. We need to get a team in there. A president is not a team. You could pick the best manager in sports. I'm not a big sports fan, but you could pick the best manager in sports with the best record. Put him in charge of a team and then give him 12 people who are decrepit and can't move, and let's see what happens to his numbers. He can't resurrect people who don't have the skills he needs. So we need the right skills to run our country and run our government. And there are plenty of people out there who are willing to do the job. They can call me. I'm ready. If we, if we did a luxuries boycott and spent on nothing but the basics, wouldn't that force change in a matter of days? No. No. You don't need a luxuries boycott. As I've said when I teach my understanding of economics, we are generally, and it's a rounded number, $21 trillion a year GDP in this country the last few years, on average. Out of the $21 trillion, $14 trillion is us, 99% of the population, buying goods and services. Yeah, maybe a car or this or that. But yeah, you'll find some millionaires or billionaires building a yacht or something else. And you know what? Often it's built in another country. They're not even buying it here, so it's not even in the number. It isn't luxury things. Hey, if we've earned it and we feel better because we want to buy a $100 an ounce perfume instead of a $10 an ounce perfume, if you've earned the money, you've done your part of, uh, within society, buy the thing that makes you happy. You're not hurting us. You're supporting someone who's making that. That's okay. But as I said, the problem, and we can start by, go back to Rosa Parks. She had the absolute understanding of economics, even if she didn't call it that. She said, you know what? You won't let me ride in the front of the bus? I'm not going to ride on your bus. And that bus company was going to go out of business. They were going bankrupt because more of their riders were black people. And even if you had 50-50, 50 white, 50 black, that means 50% of your revenue is not coming in. That means you can't meet your basic costs. That means you have to close your company, or you can go home to your mansion and you have no food in your refrigerator. So it doesn't have to be a luxury item. 
if we find something or someone who's not treating us right, we don't want to say, don't drink milk because the, the milk is not being produced right. Well, we need agencies to look that over and make sure it's kept. That's why we have federal government agencies and even state and local agencies. We have to understand we live in a modern, complex world. It's not complex that we can't understand. We have to know what we're buying and whatever. If we want to only buy one sweater that costs much more and we're going to wear it every day, if that makes us happy, that's fine. It's when we harm other people or we're not fair to each other. That's where the problem comes in. So, I'm sorry, it disappeared. Let me get it again. Okay, I agree. I think our executive branch should be run by committee, not a single person. It's too top-down. No. I can tell you, having run large groups of people in my life in different countries, with different laws, somebody's got to be in charge. And... What you do is you don't always treat an executive where you give him a $5 million signing bonus before he even steps in and proves he can run your company. Make it contingent upon him at least batting 500. Because you know what? You'll pay a baseball player who bats 200 or 300 a bonus to sign on. He doesn't have to bat 1,000. A CEO knows when he's running the company, he or she. They know when they're running that company, if it doesn't meet the profit level and it isn't running smoothly, they're going to be kicked out. So we have to be more careful how we just give people money with the hope that they're going to do something. And you don't want to just let me take over running any company if I have no knowledge of that industry. Committees are good. That's what a cabinet is about. The cabinet is the top of different parts where they've broken the government down into the major portions that that group, and some of them are bigger and smaller, that group has people below him that do all the work, get all the numbers, give it, so the president, the CEO, can make decisions. And they do make it with committees. That's what their cabinet is all about. We do have a wonderful system that these guys envisioned years ago. And remember, the words are in order to form a more perfect union, meaning they knew there is no perfection. We have to keep working at it. But it's our country. We own it. Not the millionaires and billionaires. We own it. And we get to run it by every two years electing 438 representatives and part of the Senate every two years. So... Senators, is, is power in our hands, why aren't we harnessing it? Again, we have to understand that we want to vote in people who make sense, okay? It gets deeper, but it's there. It's not hard to know. Senators and congressional representatives receive the Affordable Care Act, yet provide citizens with Trump care, which covers nothing. Well, quite often, the government has their own medical coverage. They've had it for years. It's a good plan. They have everything. It's not necessarily the Affordable Care Act. Yes, I see. Thank you. I've been warned that I'm running out of time. I can keep going forever sometimes. They have to remind me there is a clock that I have to abide by. But senators and representatives, they always make sure that they're well covered. 
it may make sense for us to say their health care disappears, they can go to their same doctors or whatever, but it has to be under the Affordable Care Act. And if you don't like that, 